wind, the stars, the campfire, soaking in the last few weeks of warm weather camping. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. You can't put people in boxes. While I have heard this said my entire life, I have never felt it to be truer than with my swamp Yankee of an uncle who is one part each, lumberjack, Harley enthusiast, craftsman, and collector. My uncle appeared at the top of the stairs to his apartment as my mom and I stepped out of the car to visit him in the rolling hills and forests of northwest Connecticut. We were welcomed by some gruff greetings pushed easily yet roughly through his full mustache. As I walked up the steps to greet him and his whole face crinkled up, his eyes seemed to disappear as a crooked smile stretched across his face. The uncle that stood before me is as wiry, rugged, set in his ways, and short as a black spruce in the middle of a kettle bog. He ushered us inside. We were there to talk about an upcoming salmon fishing trip, but the visit quickly turned into a visit to a personal natural history museum. Orchids of all kinds grew behind lace curtains next to my uncle's teapot set. Easily hundreds of longbows of yew, osage orange, hickory, and other woods were hung from coat hooks next to bowie knives and machetes. Burls from my uncle's logging exploits sat on every surface next to bones, stones, feathers, and leather scraps, all awaiting his skilled hands to turn them into countless masterpieces. But just when I didn't think I could possibly be any more surprised by his contrasting gruffness and passion for nature and art, he took us into his backyard to show off one of the newest projects. Heavily mulched on the forested edge of his property were countless exotic and domestic specimens of today's feature plant, Jack in the Pulpit. While my uncle's garden had representatives of several species of Jack in the Pulpit from various continents, My uncle was especially proud of one he had from Japan. Here in Maine, we have just one. Conveniently, if not confusingly, our one species is simply called Jack in the Pulpit, even though several members of the genus go by the same name. To make things clearer, ours goes by the one and only Latin name, Erisema trifilum. Right now, in our New England woods, this unusual plant is sporting bright red, inedible berries. Jack-in-the-pulpits are so named for their unique flowers. Unlike so many flowering plants, which attract the admiration of birds, bees, and humans through their intoxicating aromas, beguiling textures, and delicious colors, Jack-in-the-pulpit's single flower is mostly green and shaped like a pitcher. This odd structure is actually a modified leaf called a spathe, which surrounds and forms a hood over the internal flower structure called a spadix. Evidently, whoever named the plant thought that the whole contraption looked something akin to a preacher ready to give his Sunday sermon to passers-by, but I will freely admit that I find that image to be a bit of a stretch of the imagination. Interestingly, most specimens of this species will display maroon stripes on the hood. Remember this color, for often flowers in deep maroon are colored that way to attract an odd pollinator, flies. Maroon mimics the color of rotten meat which the flies find irresistible. But rather than a rotten carcass to deposit eggs in, they instead find pollen, which they unknowingly take to the next parcel of fake meat they find, the next jack-in-the-pulpit flower. What the flowers lack in flashy colors, the berries more than make up for. The scarlet-red berries form in a clump all over the spadix. 
By the time they are ripe, there is not much left of the surrounding hood to mask their beauty. While these beautiful berries are wholly inedible to humans, they are ideal food for various native birds and mammals who trade a small meal for dispersing the seeds for the next generation of jack-in-the-pulpits. If you happen to find yourself as enchanted by these unusual beauties as my teapot and orchid-loving, longbow and knife-making, and jack-in-the-pulpit-collecting uncle, you could try growing some yourself. The seeds are very easy to start. Simply mash the seed free from the pulp, package up in damp sand or peat, and refrigerate for the better part of a winter. Once spring is thinking about springing, plant the seeds in a small pot in rich soil. Once all danger of frost is over, plant it outdoors in a shady, rich garden with ample mulch, like the one my uncle has so carefully tended. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.